Welcome to Revival in the Word. I am your host, Taya Carlisle. Before we get started, let's pray. Glory to you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, for being so loving, so gracious, and just so warming, Lord God. Thank you for bringing us here today. I pray that your people will be able to hear a word from you today, Father God. I pray that their ears are willing to hear, Lord God. And I pray right now, Father God, that you will be my mouthpiece and that you will use me for your very own vessel, Lord God. Bless our day today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hi, everyone. How is y'all doing today? Listen, today we will um continue to continue our reading Samuel. So this is Wednesday in the word. So I'm so excited to read this word to you all today and to share some revelation of what God is saying or whatever God does in this read. Cause Taya don't know, but, um, if you have not already catch the last Wednesdays and last Wednesday in the word, um, read when we read Samuel, it was a really good read. It will encourage you. Um, I would recap it, but you have to go back. You have to go back. That's part of doing the work. That's part of, you know, listening to the voice of God. Um, he definitely gave a lot of key points and revelations in, in the word, um, so today we are in chapter 13. Uh, last week was 10 through 12. And I have no clue of where God is going to take me today. But we're just going to read it. And that's what we do here. Um, every Monday is devotion days. So if you need a word of encouragement, if you want to hear what God is saying, definitely uh, tune in on Mondays as well. And Wednesday and the word is every Wednesday. And then there will be bonus um, uh, casts throughout the week coming soon I don't know when but I am honestly I'm moving whenever God says move but let's get started let's go so first Samuel 13 that's where we at Saul was Saul was 30 he was 30 years old and um when he became king he was 30 years old my God and he reigned for 42 years that's a very long time to be a king. Um, Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash in the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son, Jonathan, to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. And this is only, let me pause here. This is prophecy fulfilling itself for what Samuel told the people of Israel of about their new king, uh, Saul. Again, you have to go back and listen. <laughs> Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. So Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land saying Hebrews hear this rise up and revolt now the the ram's horn is um it's like the 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 Sharon the I can't remember the other name of the horn but that is a symbol of like it confuses the enemy and is um a symbolization for war 
Um, just like when we enter Rosh Hashanah, which, which just recently happened, we are in the month of September. Um, we, we, you know, well, I listen to the sounds of the horn, but the ram's horn, there is meaning to that. So I encourage you to, you know, to do the work and look it up a little bit. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison at Geba and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Now we're about to read Saul's disobedience and Samuel's rebuke. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 chariots, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seahorse, seahorse, seashore. Sorry. <laughs> they camped at Michmash, east of Bethlehem. Beth Haven, the men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilgad. Meanwhile, Saul stayed in Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that the, his troops were rapidly slipping away. Mm -hmm. So he demanded, bring me the burnt of fearing, fearing, fearing and the peace of offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? My God. Saul replied, I saw my man scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us and Gilgal, and I haven't even asked the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord, your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Listen up. So, again, if you have not, if you don't know where we're at right now, you have to go back and listen to last week's Wednesday in the Word. And right now, Saul didn't obey the lord's command so you know because of that and he because he burnt the offering without samuel and because of he moved ahead of god and because of his lack of faith you know he he lost his leader um he lost his um leadership role to the kingdom and God will pass the baton if you don't do what he asks of you to do. And that's what we're going through today. He's passing the baton. He's passing to the baton to the next who will get the job done and who will do the job well. Um, 
and who will listen. So in this read, Israel's military um, disadvantage, it goes on to say, Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way, but the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only 600 were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geba in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north toward Ophrah in the land of Shal. Another went west to Bethhorn. And the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zebion near the wilderness there were no blacksmiths in the land of israel in those days the philistines wouldn't allow them for their for fear they would make swords and spears for the hebrews listen your enemy is <laughs> this this reminds me how the enemy prowls today in this read the philistines are the enemy of god's people they are not afraid to to come with swords and all those things. That's the same thing God said. We today we we're not battling with flesh and blood. It is the spirit. And right now we can see the enemy is rampant. He's not afraid to mess with you. So we have to be strong and come back with the comeback. We need to be strong and sharpen without fear. The enemy don't he 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 come prepared. He come organized. That's how God's people should be because we have so much power inside of us and the enemy will tremble when we call on the name Jesus. The enemy will tremble when we come with authority, when we come with the glory of God. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plow, plowshares, picks, axes, or sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an ox, a sickle, or an ox gold. So on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass at Michmash had been, meanwhile, been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. Listen. Okay. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. You know, Jonathan is Saul's son. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Magrin. Among Saul's men was a Asia, the priest who was wearing the ephod, the priestly vest. Asia was the son of Ichabod's brother, Etabod. Yeah, if I'm saying it wrong, forgive me. Son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shelah. 
No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. Listen, he moving ahead of God. Let's see what's going to happen. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Senna. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go around or let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord would help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle with whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely wherever you decide. All right then, said Jonathan. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Listen, Jonathan has so much faith. <laughs> Jonathan has so much faith. He's not afraid to walk into battle. Mm-mm. Let, listen, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look. The Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. <laughs> then the man from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Listen, didn't Jonathan just say, he didn't prophesy to um, his armor barrier. If they say, come on up, then the Lord will be with us. A lot of us are in um, this. I know this is what God has been doing with me and the hiding. A lot of you are hiding, uh, not because you want to, but God is hiding you. Just like how Jonathan and his armor barrier was uh, coming up out of the hole. They was coming out up out of hiding. They was coming out of hiding and they was not, Jonathan was not afraid of the outcome of what would happen as he came out of hiding. We are not to be afraid when God reveal us to the world because he's going to use your voice. He's going to use your very business or whatever it is that you're doing to glorify his kingdom and all eyes will be on you. And yes, it will come with a price. It will come with enemies. It will also come with a good price. So we must be faithful. Jonathan was so faithful and said, God will be with us with him at that moment. So let's see what else is said. Then the man from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men and all and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. My God, my God, if y'all didn't catch that, my God, <laughs> suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Let me tell you something. First of all, 
Jonathan Jonathan was so prepped and prepared. He even though he didn't, it didn't. I didn't read and it didn't say that he asked God anything. He went ahead because he felt led to do what he did. And you know what? He prophesied and proclaimed that God will be with them. If they say, "Come up here and fight," God will be with them. If they don't say that, that they will kill them. You know, he still believed God would be with them. Then it wasn't their fight if that was, you know. But he has so much faith. And look what happened. It was just few of them. And not only that, his family didn't even know where he was at. They didn't know he left and went to do this. A lot of you are leaving your families unannounced. Because it's for the glory of the Lord. And it could be very true. It could be me too. But continue to trust God. Trust that he's going to fight your battles. Trust that he's going to walk with you. He's already inside of you. So here's um, the, the uh, this is a very, uh, quite of a lengthy chapter. So I'm going to get through this one. If God is willing, we will go to 15. If not, then we will, you know, call it another day. <laughs> Saul's lookouts in Geber and Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. He don't even know Jonathan is missing. Jonathan is the reason why the Philistines are being defeated. <laughs> by the glory of God and when they checked they found that Jonathan and his armor barrier were gone then Saul shouted to Asia bring the ephod here for at that time Asia was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites but while Saul was talking to the priest the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder so Saul said to the priest never mind let's get going <laughs> Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistines army revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill, come on now, hiding in the hill, country of Ephraim, joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Beth Now we're going to go into Saul's foolish oath. Now the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under a oath saying let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening before I have full revenge on my enemies now that was a foolish oath that he done made listen our words are powerful you can speak things into your life don't worry curse yourselves because that's exactly what he did he word cursed the people in a way so no one ate anything all day even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest they didn't dare touch the honey honey because they all feared the oath they had taken but jonathan had no heard his father's command and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey after he had eaten it 
he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I have eaten this little bit of honey. If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. Listen, God has been speaking to eat well. We need to be nourished and, 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 and to eat to be able to fight the battles up ahead. He's been speaking to this all to me all week to eat well, eat, eat. There's a mighty battle up ahead. Some of you are starving yourselves, fasting and doing all these things. God wants you to eat. Listen, I had to say that because I felt that and I didn't even know that was going to be in this read. They chased and killed the Philistines all day from Michmash to Ajalon, growing more and more faint because why they didn't eat. That evening, they rushed for the battle, plundered and butchered the sheep, goats, cattle and calves, but they ate them without draining the blood. Someone reported to Saul, look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. That is very wrong, said Saul said. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go out among the troops and tell them, bring the cattle, sheep, and goats here to me. Kill them there. And drain the blood before that you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So that night all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first of the altars he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, let's chase the Philistines all night, plunder them until sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. His man replied, we'll do whatever you think is best. But the priest said, let's ask God first. Come on now. No matter what a leader, no matter what your church leader, whoever says, you must ask God first at all times. Because if you go into a battlefield, if you go into a territory that don't belongs to you, the territory that you're not welcome to, a territory that God didn't say for you to go to, that battle will defeat you. But by the grace of God, his hands will be over you, but it can really spear what could have, could should not happen. So I love the fact that the priest even said, no, let's ask God first. Because Saul was just out here rampant, just like doing Lord knows what. (laughs) So Saul asked God, should we go after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. And when God don't respond, I don't do nothing. Uh, when he, when this, when you feel pressed upon you to ask God something and you ask him and he don't reply, then that's when you should be still. But when you feel the move on something and you ask God and it's a move on it and you just flowing with it, then just keep going until he say no. 
Then Saul said to the leaders, something's wrong. I want all my army commanders to come here. We must find out what sin was committed today. I vow by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner will surely die, even if it is my own son, Jonathan. Mm -mm -mm. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. Then Saul said, Jonathan, and I will stand over here and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast scattered lots and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones. And the people were declared innocent, my God. Then Saul said, now cast lots again and choose between me and Jonathan. And Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Now, why do you all think that Jonathan was shown to be guilty? Because Saul made an oath and Jonathan ate honey for energy. And what a foolish oath Saul then made with his mouth. He is the very reason why death is upon his own child when it didn't even have to be that way. Because he wasn't being a good leader operating out of wisdom, operating out of uh, being under the covenant with God. He was doing things of himself. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. I tasted a little honey. Jonathan admitted it was only a little bit. On, on the end of my stick does that deserve death who jesus my god and jonathan wasn't even there when that oath was made and you know what his father said yes jonathan saul said you must die may god strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this Saul was really strong on his oath because ain't no way we about to die over eating some honey. <laughs> ain't no way. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory for Israel. Should he die far from it? As surely as the Lord lives, not one hair on his head will be touched for God helped him do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan and he was not put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines and the Philistines returned home. Saul's military success is, um, this is the ending of this chapter. His success in the military for his men was that now when Saul had secured his grips on Israel's throne, the he fought against his enemies in every direction against Moab, Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah and the Philistines. And wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Saul's sons, including Jonathan, Ishboeth, and Melchashah, he also had two daughters, Merab, who was older, and Michael, 
Saul's wife was Ahim, the daughter of Amos, the commander of Saul's army, was Ambner, the son of Saul's uncle Ner, Saul's father Kish, and Abner's father Ner, were both sons of Abel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines throughout Saul's lifetime. So whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted him into his army. This is the, the prophecy that Samuel gave the Israelite people of what Saul would do. He would draft their young sons into the army. Um, and we're going to see stuff like this today while we're in these last days. The same is, you know, history repeats itself. It's going to happen today as well. One day, Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Tell him there were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to the town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Hevla all the way to Shur east of Egypt. He captured Agag to Amalekite king but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agog's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Now, he had he has completely disobeyed God. Listen. God instructed him to kill every living thing in that town, everything, every sheep, every lamb, everything, but he kept what was good. Listen, some of you, God is going to bless you to build his kingdom, to do things for him, but you want to choose. Don't, don't let this be you when you choose to the glitz and glam and the jewelry and the cars over what God is saying. Mm-mm. When you fully commit to God and you fully is operating from the will of God, you are to do exactly what he said to do or he will rebuke you. Listen, the Lord rejected Saul because of his disobedience. He didn't listen. He kept what was good and only killed what was bad. God still killed all of that because everything on that land was defiled. Then the Lord said to Samuel, the Lord came to Samuel. He didn't go to Saul because God already left Saul at that very moment when he disobeyed the command of the Lord. So the Lord went to Samuel. 
I am sorry that I have ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a moment to himself. Then he went to the Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what, then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel. The Lord has anointed you king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you go completely destroy the sinners, the Amcalites until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what, what was evil in the Lord's sight? Listen, that is a deep read. You don't, I don't, don't, Ever. When God gives you a command, when God gives you instructions, just obey God. It will, it will, um, do you very good. <laughs> I promise you it will. But I did obey the Lord. Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, and Gigel. But that's not what God told him to do. He told him to go to the land and kill every sinner, every one of them, and every cattle, sheep, goat there is. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, now y'all already know. Samuel even said, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. My God. Be obedient. Rebellion is a, is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness, stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Listen, don't misuse the position that God is putting you in today. Mm -mm, you don't want to experience the rejection of the Lord. No, no, no. We don't want them problems. Saul pleads for forgiveness at that moment because he knew the voice of God left him. The presence of God left him. We don't want to experience those problems. Just obey your call. Just obey God. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now that sounds like an excuse. 
A lot of y'all is operating with excuses. There is no excuse when you disobey the Lord. The Lord gave you a command. Just like when Eve ate the fruit and she gave it to Adam and he ate it with her. He blamed what? He, his excuse was his the woman he gave him. But no, he chose to eat the fruit. And he cried out, but now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you as king of Israel, my God. Don't lose a friend of God because of your disobedience. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else. One who is better than you and he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind for he is not human that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned. Please, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him and saw worship the Lord. Samuel executes King Gagog. Then Samuel said, bring King Gagog to me. Agag arrived full of hope. For he thought, surely the worst is over and have been spared. But Samuel said, as your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house as Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again. But he mourned constantly for him. And the Lord was sorry he had ever made Saul king of Israel. Now, that's all we're going to read for today. And I hope that you were able to read with me. If not, go and read for yourself because it's so much revelation in these in this read. It's so much that has happened. And this is stuff we see today um, in many countries as well as in America. Um, yeah. Thank you, Father God, for your word, Lord Jesus. We pray right now, Lord God, that you would give the understanding to your people of what you are saying in this read and how they can use it to their today life. What lesson could they learn from it? Father God, I pray you will give them the wisdom in that. Lord Jesus, we ask that you will just cover our household and cover us in the mighty name of Jesus in this hour, Lord God. We glorify your name in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, you all. So again, I'm going to put everything in the description. Make sure you check out TayaCarlisle.com. A lot of things that I do is on that site. And most of all, go to my bookstore, RevivalOnTheWord.com and get you a, a book and just take a look. And if you want to become a partner, 
You could become a partner by clicking the link in the description or going to patreon.com slash Ministries. As well as I'm so grateful that you are here because I have great news is that Revival on the Word is global. This is a global podcast and I'm so grateful because it's nothing but the glory of God that has allowed me to go global and we are featured in America, Germany, Germany, Ireland, South Africa, Philippines, Singapore, Australia. Listen, there's more to come. I'm so grateful. And if you are interested in um, being featured on this podcast, be sure to shoot me an email at Taya C ministries at yahoo and that will also be in the description i love you all so much and you already know be blessed